There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com. The big question. To be vegan or not to be vegan, that is some of the question. And what's holding so many back from embracing a plant-based diet? Those are just some of the questions that we're asking on the show at the moment. And why? We're asking this today because it is the publication day of How to Live Vegan by YouTube sensations Henry Firth and Ian Thesby, also known as Bosch, which I think we can all agree is a great name for a cookery duo. Or you can feel free to disagree. Let me introduce our guests. So we're speaking to Mohammed Paham Alawadi, who is an Emirati entrepreneur, organizational consultant and travel filmmaker. Sally Prosser, food blogger at My Custard Pie. And bookworm and actual real life vegan, Ariel Robinson. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. Morning. So I think before we get into discussing the books, apart from Ariel, who here is vegan and who isn't? Is anyone transitioning to a plant-based diet? Um, I'm definitely cutting down the amount of meat I eat, but both my daughters are vegan, so very much uh, have an experience of eating as a family Mm. uh, and trying to eat so that everyone has a choice, um, especially going out to eat, um, you know, and things like that. Mohammed? I actually didn't know we were going to talk about veganism. They told me that they needed a token man over here and that there (laughs) there was free coffee. So I'm, I'm a Who told bit, you about free coffee? There's no free coffee. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know what to say, but 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 on a serious note, uh, yeah, you know, it's for me, it's more about balance. So uh, I, I I'm not a vegan, uh, but I, I I do eat a balance of uh, uh, non-meat products and meat products. So that's where I'm coming from. So Ariel, when did you decide to become vegan, and why? What was like the the main factor in that for you? Um. Well, actually, I was vegan a few years ago for a year, um, mainly because of how I felt about the animal um, like treatment. And then I found it really difficult to be vegan in Dubai. This was like a couple of years ago. And then um, just in January of this year, I went back to being vegan. Um, actually, my friend inspired me to go back again. And yeah, I've not looked back. So yeah. <laughs> So I think it would be great to start with looking at so this How to Live Vegan book. As somebody who's already familiar with a quite quite a bit of the situation, and obviously there's a lot online, did you feel like it gave you insight that you didn't already have? Um, actually, yes, because there's a lot, there's new um, facts about climate change in the book that I didn't know a few years ago or even like months ago. Um, so in that perspective, yes. Um, but the, actually, the book is really good for beginners. If you're interested in um, becoming vegan or plant-based, um, then this is a definitely like a definitely good book for the, you guys. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm going to jump in here and say that the way that the book is written is it's not what I expected at all. I expected that I was going to be preached to. I expected it to be judgmental. And I think these are stereotypes that you associate with kind of the vegan community. Mm. Um, and I think there are maybe a few individuals that give it a bad name, but ultimately this this book, if, if you're looking at addressing climate change and addressing what you actually put on your plate, I think it's a great starting point. I mean, would you agree, Sally? Absolutely. And it, uh, they're not preachy. Um, they look at the issues around food and they say that they're not judgmental about people mm. who make their decisions and that everyone's decision is up to them. It's not just about the food. It's the food in context of climate change and all sorts of other issues. Um, it's not just food. They go into 
clothing and uh, obviously plastic. Um, they're very honest. They say they have more plastic in their homes because they have takeaways. Um, and they offer a guide. Uh, they give you an almost manifesto of questions saying, oh, if you're starting to become vegan, um, you know, how long are you going to maybe give it a go for? Um, things like that. And then meal planning. So I, th I thought it was a very well-reasoned, good read. Um, and it offered a lot of questions, things that people wouldn't think about. Even how to deal with waiters as a vegan. You know, it really does tackle absolutely everything. Because I think that's part mm. of a big concern for a lot of people mm. when they're trying to, you know, embrace more, um, more vegan lifestyle is, you know, going out, socialising. Mm. That mm. can be quite difficult. Um, I mean, what do you think here um, about kind of what it's like to, to go out and interact and... Actually, I think here is really easy yeah. um, because there's because of the multicultural um, level of food. Um, you know, there's loads of cultures here that have veganism just naturally at the the, the heart of it. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, and and restaurants are changing as well. Um, but yeah, I think it's much easier. Things like um, cheese replacements, things like that, haven't been so easy to get. And in fact, in their second book, they. Um, they have things like homemade mozzarella and stuff like that, so that's quite good. But that's quite processed anyway. Those, you know, I don't know. But speaking, because I know that you collect quite a few cookery books. Mm -hmm. you've, you've got quite the collection. Mm. <laughs> but I, I was thinking, this is, you know, a book show and we are reviewing a book. And I just wondered, has the way in which vegan cuisine is presented in, in cookbooks changed at all? I mean, is it exciting? Do you think it still has a long way to go? Are we there yet? <laughs> I haven't got so many vegan cookbooks, um, but I have dipped in. I think this is probably um, the most accessible, although it is replacing uh, meals that you would, you know, find in a non-meat uh, book, the meat, meat replacements. Mm. Um, but I think it's more accessible. I mean, there's people like Deliciously Ella and Hemsley and Hemsley have been at the forefront before. Um, and I think that's quite a narrow... Uh, this one has really broadened it, hasn't it? I yeah. mean, I, ha I, I think it's the Joe Wicks of vegan <laughs> veganism, especially with their huge uh, YouTube channel. Yeah, um, they're being called kind of the Jamie Oliver of the mm. of the ve of the vegan world of the vegan community. Yeah, yeah. Um. So throughout the book, How to Live Vegan, there's more of a guide. I know you've got mm. one of their cookbooks that you're going to talk to us mm. a little bit more um, about later. Um. But each kind of chapter is dotted through with all of these um, quotes from various scientists and researchers about the impact that having a more plant-based diet can have on um, on the planet. And one here from Joseph Poor, who's a researcher at the School of Geography and Environment at the University of Oxford, said a vegan diet is probably the single biggest way to reduce your impact on planet Earth, not just greenhouse gases, but global, global acidification, eutrophication, land use and water use. It is far bigger than cutting down on your flights or buying an electric car. And what I like about them is that I think for a long time, I don't know about you, but I've been put off by... I've been put off by veganism because it seemed to me very all or nothing. Like you either do it or you don't. And one thing that they make absolutely clear throughout this book is anything that you do towards becoming more plant-based in your diet is always good. Mm. And they're, they're all about encouraging, you know, if you're flexitarian, great. If you're just eating slightly less meat throughout the week than you usually do, that's brilliant. And I think um, the figures actually show that if you, if you like basically I say convert, if you convert like overnight, if you go cold turkey, which is, you know, the pun there, um, <laughs> then you're more likely to fail than if mm. you gradually transition. Did you find that? Um, 
actually when when I first went vegan, I actually did the vegetarian thing for a week, mm. and then I was like, you know what, just like. Okay, it's bad, but I said like go big or go home, like just do it. <laughs> I know it's the opposite of what you're saying, but I definitely like that's what I like about the book. It's like it's not saying you have to like suddenly just stop everything and you know be vegan. Mm-hmm. It's saying like meatless Mondays or just having one meal a week that's vegan, like. Whatever you can do, it's better than nothing. So yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. that's exactly it. They say that I mean that works for you, and they, and they say you do whatever works for you. There is no one way. There is no one size fits all. And if anything, I think this was the first time where I had read a book about a plant based diet where I I didn't feel pressured. I felt mm. optimistic about mm. about trying new recipes. I didn't feel like I'd already failed before I'd started. Yeah. Now, I'm actually going to shame somebody in my life who was listening just now. And, and there are going to be plenty of you out there who just say, no, I'm, I still want a steak. Um, and I have been sent a picture of a steak right now by my other half. It was very <laughs> resistant to the vegan. Well, well, on his defense, it might be a tempeh steak. <laughs> it was definitely, That's a vegan steak. It was definitely not Maybe. a tempeh steak. No, I'm no. just saying. Don't try and help him out. Here. <laughs> but, um, but shouldn't we make, if we're eat meat eaters, we should eat less and make it a really good piece of meat that you know where yeah. it's come from and prize it rather than having it every single day. Mm. I think that's one of the points that they make as well. Although I think for a lot of people who are resistant to um, to you know incorporating plant-based um, food into their diet, that they address the kind of organic, free-range, high-welfare mm. meat in the book as well. And I wondered when this was going to come up. They say, we're often asked, what's so wrong about organic, free-range, high-welfare meat sourced from herds that roam freely across acres of beautiful fields and whose farmer talks to them every day and knows them all by name? Surely that's okay, right? Well, aside from the debate over whether it's ever okay to kill another creature, we'll leave that to one side. The main issue we have here is that it's simply not sustainable for everyone on the planet to eat in this way. Most people don't eat, don't have access to, or simply can't afford to eat meat that has been raised in this way and we simply don't have the space on the planet to do it either many animal products on supermarket shelves come from animals that have been raised in poor conditions in factory farms farmed cheaply to meet with demand and i actually wanted to talk to you about this because i remember on a previous show when you were talking about um we were talking about sustainability Mm. and um you know that factored into where you chose where your meat came from as well what do you think about that um yeah i think that's a personal choice but I think it's a choice that you have to consider you know it's consideration Mm. um, behind it all Um, I mean I think an integrated agricultural system um, is a way to go Um, but yeah big huge factory farms and meat every day is not the way to go Um, and you know all the gases uh, that are contributing to climate change and chopping down forests for soy that's being fed to animals. Yeah, that's definitely not sustainable. Um, mm. So, yeah, we just we just don't celebrate. You know, it's very much an everyday thing, mm. isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Um, so food has become such a complicated thing because we're mm. having to make de- a decision every day of what to eat based on wh- whether it's good for our health, whether, you know, whatever our goal is. But it seems like right now, the planet is in such a crisis everywhere mm. you look that that is the core of this book in yeah. particular and a you know, big part of the yeah. decision we're all having to make. But it's interesting that as humans, there's things that we really want, but we're engineering our way around it like this, you know, beyond burgers or uh, impossible, burger, yeah. impossible burgers or, you know, vegan cheese and things like that. Dairy for me is the difficult one. I know, Mohammed, your, your family is dairy free at home. How do, how do you guys cope with that? 
I mean, um, it's, it's, it wasn't easy to begin with, but then you get super used to it. And there's so many substitutes right now, uh, whether it's like a nut or non-nut uh, uh, milk. Um, I personally love the savory stuff, the cheeses, you know, but today, again, you know, you have so many substitutes with like pea-based cheeses. Do they taste cheeses. the same though? Ah, it, yeah, it does, you know, uh, it, not exactly, exactly, but mm-hmm. it's, it can be gooey, it melts, you know, it tastes good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, for me, it was, it was, it was not so much a cool thing or a fad thing. I, I saw the impact that my body, uh, had, Um, uh, on well, uh, I saw the impact that dairy had on my body once I stopped it. Mm-hmm. Like for for the longest time, I ha- I had trouble breathing, so my sinus would be blocked up constantly, and I didn't know what it was. And it was it was like something really small, but it, it would it would bother me. Mm-hmm. And once I stopped dairy. man, I could breathe like I could never breathe before. Wow. Like you, you won't believe it. And if you, if you have trouble breathing right now, you always feel like, you know, I, I feel like my, you know, I can't breathe well. Try stopping dairy. Mm-hmm. And the problem is there's dairy in everything we mm-hmm. eat. You know, you want to get some pasta, there's dairy on that. You want to get a coffee, there's dairy on that. Rice, vegetables, there's dairy on that. Your vinaigrette, there's probably some dairy on that. Mm-hmm. Some form or a derivative of dairy. Mm-hmm. So it's in everything that we eat constantly every day, even mm-hmm. a packet of chips. Yeah, dairy, dairy is the thing that holds me back as well. And mm-hmm. it's just because of the endless cups of tea that I drink. Having said that, if I was in France, <laughs> uh, yes. okay, and, and they put some darn good cheese in front of me, I'm going to... I'm going to eat that, you know? So I think moderation. And the problem is, you know, this very singular, you know, narrow diet that we have. So eat wheat, eat milk, eat uh, meat, and that's it, you Mm -hmm. know? Uh, And and, uh, it's great to see that our, our, uh, you know, what we eat is is starting to broaden. Yeah, I I think that's a point that they make beautifully in the book, How to Live Vegan as well, which I, I I didn't expect to enjoy as much as I did, was that what we what we think we have as a balanced diet isn't necessarily a balanced Mm -hmm. diet at all it is is definitely filled more with meat and dairy and maybe not not Mm. as healthy as it could be Mm. and so he definitely talks about the health side of things as well Mohammed, you were saying why do we divide ourselves like this which i think is a great point and and it's a point that they make in how to live vegan as well Yeah, and I I think it puts a lot of people on the defensive, right? So when we look at each other, we're like, are you leftist or rightist? (laughs) Yeah. You know, are you vegan or not? Are you vegan or vegetarian? You know, why do we do that? You know, so, I mean, if you look at Arabic food as an example, there's so many vegan and vegetarian dishes, but, you know, that's, it's just natural. So why should somebody come to you and say, you know what, you can only eat those in Arabic food. It just doesn't make sense. So for me, it's all about moderation. Uh, certainly like looking at how it impacts the, the plan is important, but also mm. your health and what you want to achieve and what, what do you want to achieve for your family? Yeah, uh, I think that's something they make very clear in the book is that, you know, it can be what you want it to be, but they're very clear about the science and why it matters that we do embrace mm. plant-based food more. But but they're they're quite clear on but how that can be easier. It's like since we like titles, they've given us a really good one, flexitarian, because yes, that means yeah. <laughs> you're conscious, but then you're kind of choose your own responsible way of eating. So there's your title. I'm a flexitarian from now on. 
So if we are embracing more plant-based dishes um, in our lives, how do we go about doing that? Now, they've got a couple of cookbooks out. I know you've got one in front of you at the moment, Sally. You've had a look through this. Um, what do you think? It's very much about um, an, uh, a first step, I think, into veganism and feeling that you're not missing out. If you've mm. uh, uh, missed, uh, left a uh, um, uh, meat-eating diet... And as you were saying, a lot of the dishes derive from generally uh, naturally vegan recipes. So um, they do have uh, Arabic style. They do have Indian style. They have Thai style, mm -hmm. which, um, yeah, they don't have dairy in, and cheese and, you know, um, and a lot of vegetarian dishes. So you've got lots of flavors. But they also make it, uh, they have a, a three-step uh, method. So it's simple. Um, and Mohammed was saying that, uh, there's um, dairy in absolutely everything. Um, but that's dairy that you shop for. And then if you take that cooking into your own hands, and this is quick cooking, easy cooking, then you choose what ingredients is it, it, are, are in it. So you're not getting the processed food with um, all the other fillers and, you know, unhealthy things as well, not just uh, non-vegan. So a big part of what they're saying as well is, you know, you need to be doing more cooking at home. Yeah. I mean, they have uh, replacement cheeses, recipes for that. So you can make your own mozzarella um, quite simply. In fact, I haven't tried it, but I'm going to try it. Has yeah. anyone tried doing that? Have you tried doing that? Cooking at home. No. <laughs> <laughs> Making your vegan cheese. Yeah, I have yeah. actually. So have I, I made a, a cashew nut cheese. Uh, that sounds revolting. I'm sorry. <laughs> the, the first batch was, <laughs> but then I got good at it. And I, I think if this is a great time to try these things, and I, I, I don't condone like be a vegan or or die, uh, but you know try more uh, vegetables. You know, so get on YouTube, read these books, uh, order from Deliveroo, go to Karama. There's vegetarian and vegan food everywhere naturally. Just try it out. You know and broaden your your diet and i think that's the problem right now again we're, we're talking about we're very narrow in terms of what we eat you know we're, we're just going to eat this which you know if there's no meat in my diet you know does it count you know so I, I think we need to broaden our our the way we think of food so the recipes in the bosch cookbook you ran this past your daughter didn't you yeah she's vegetarian um, no both of them are vegan both of them are um vegan. actually my younger daughter's been vegetarian since she was about seven um, and then she went vegan about three years ago. And then she spoke to my older daughter and told her about the realities of the dairy industry. And she went vegan immediately. And they both cook for themselves. They both cook very healthily, which is great, um, which you can eat a vegan diet and eat unhealthily. Mm -hmm. um, so, but they looked at the book, well, they looked at the things online. And for them, I guess they're a bit further down that uh, route. They felt there were too many re meat replacements rather than or, or um, sort of imitating meat-based recipes. Rather than Rather celebrating. than celebrating vegetables for their own right. Um, looking at the book, I would say there's some of that. Not, not completely. Um, again, I guess it's not black and white. But there's, I mean, I looked at their roasted vegetables with mandarin in and I thought, oh, that's a good way. Because um, for Christmas last year, we did everything vegan, all the vegetables and even vegan gravy. Now, meat eaters had the turkey, but that was the only thing that was non-vegan. 
um, everything and, else was vegan and that really worked well okay. but it is getting those flavors into things that you might put dairy into or other fats um, yeah so it just it sounds like the perfect cookbook for me actually <laughs> <laughs> to kind of be a little bit healthier and and, in, and incorporate some of those um those dishes and more veggies into my diet ariel you've you've been a vegan for a while mm-hmm. i mean is this the kind of book that you could see yourself wanting to actually pick up and buy or do you just go straight to the internet if you want to look at how to do something yeah, basically, or Instagram, whatever. Um, I'm not a huge cookbook person, but if you are, then I feel like this would be a good place to start. Um, and yeah, if you are missing meat, then, you know, this probably is a good book for you. But I think it's important as well to like have a meal that's focused on vegetables and fruit, whatever it is, um, and just be like natural and like try not to eat as many processed things in your meals. Uh, can diet. I just add, uh, I think w- one of the things that we, we should really focus on is improving our knowledge of nutrition, you know, so and, and not really think about it as vegan or non-vegan, but just overall, what sort of fats do I need to eat? What sort of car- complex carbohydrates do I need to eat? And so forth and so forth. And I, I agree, Ariel, there's, there's so much information online right now on YouTube and so forth. And a lot of these cookbooks do that research as well. So, yeah. But I think, oh, sorry. Go for it. I think that puts people off, though, that whole um, milieu of all this information. And I think that's where these cookbooks and the new book, uh, they break it down a bit more simply yeah. and they don't overwhelm. Um, the information's there, but it's quite balanced. Yeah, overwhelm is is the word mm. that uh, that I've been looking for um because that is how I felt before I came to the book How to Live Vegan. I just felt overwhelmed by all of this information and and I think what you were saying earlier, I'm like there's so much pressure, you know, we, there are so many different ways of doing this. How do you choose the one that's right for you? Mm. And so if if you are overwhelmed and you're a little bit confused about, you know, how to how to actually make a difference and and what you can do to help in terms of climate Mm -hmm. change and and your diet and how that plays into it, then I definitely recommend How to Live Vegan by um, Henry Firth and Ian Thiesby, who are collectively known as Bosch. Mm -hmm. And the cookbook, they've got two cookbooks out, I think Bish Bash Bosch and Bosch Bosch. as well. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much to Mohammed, Sally and Ariel for joining us to talk about How to Live Vegan by Bosch. There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com.